welcome to Two Fools Trying to Make a Musical, about two fools trying to make a musical. To stay up to date on news, share your thoughts and opinions, and generally spend more time thinking about this, you should please visit twofoolstrying.com. That's T-W-O foolstrying.com. Like us on Facebook or follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Fools Trying. Last time on Two Fools Trying to Make a Musical. Hello, is that Michelle? Michelle Dalian, the archivist and curator at the National First Ladies Library. Yes, it is. How nice to meet you both. Our musical is based on the stories of the First Ladies of America. So the question then was, what are the top 15 First Ladies in no particular order all time? Give her, give us our two-sentence resume for each one. <laughs> Dolly Madison. Yeah, let's... <laughs> Let's start this off by reducing their entire achievements to two sentences. Isn't that what the musical's going to do, Joe? That's a great way of displaying our enlightened approach. Well, we don't want a five-hour musical, Joe. So I can see that talking to me is not going to help you at all. Yeah. <laughs> do you get a lot of political drama in the First Ladies Museum? Yes, we do. You have to be careful about what you say. It's just kind of like being a first lady. You have to be very careful about what you say, how you say it. Uh, the top 15 I would choose for this pageant idea is not the same top 15, and neither of them match your guys' top 15. So, <laughs> so you've been of no help at all. <laughs> We've still got some thinking to do. We've got thinking to do. Yeah. That was last time. Now this time. I was moving it. Okay. Now I'm not. Now I'm not moving it. Yeah. Now not it's... not touching it is key. Yes. Uh, and not breathing into it is key. You sound like my wife. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have nothing. Nothing positive can come out of my mouth. <laughs> That's right. If would I you... respond in that way at all. I get that. Would you just, Would you stop breathing like that? Said, well, there is a way. <laughs> right. And it might bring me sweet release. Right, that's right. Right. Stop chewing like that, Steve. Yeah, right. Stop <laughs> chewing food. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. So how's it going? Um, I We're bored to death. I've been completely unproductive this weekend, so it's a perfect time to do this. Excellent. Excellent. Well, why not? I mean, what else have you got to do? Uh, nothing, and I'm. I think this will uh, help me not break my string of doing nothing. Right. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> well, we wouldn't want to do that. No. No. So um, ready to go. Okay. Perfect. Here we go. My name's Joe. I'm Steve. And you are listening to Two Fools Trying to Make a Musical. We're still at it. Yes. We're still going. Yes. That's something. Yes, I haven't written anymore. That's okay. Oh good. We've made a pod we've we've made a little more of a podcast and we spoke to someone really interesting last week. Yes, I enjoyed that. Big good fun. Yeah, Michelle Gallian uh was fascinating. Agreed, and she uh she laughs a lot. She does. I did in, I thoroughly enjoyed saying things and having her laugh. <laughs> right. That was very generous of her. She's a very generous. She's very generous with her laughter. 
Well, uh, down there in the First Lady's Museum, I'm sure they need a lot of humor. I, well, what can I tell you? <laughs> Seeing as neither of us have actually been, <laughs> we, right. we wouldn't know. <laughs> no. If it was funnier, maybe it would have been there sooner. That's right. <laughs> well, maybe one day we'll, we'll be able to get out there. That would be there, nice. There's always, there's always the hope. See, she did promise a personal tour. Yes. I expect the VIP treatment. In, indeed. And as, as the musical contributor, I expect a secondary level of treatment. <laughs> well, I'm sure she won't disappoint. No, absolutely. So what, did, what do you think we can take away from the conversation last time? Well, um, I th- she gave us a lot of things to think about thematically, which I thought was, was always interesting to hear. Um, and I, I made some notes on that. But I think as a, as a purely practical matter, you know, one of the things we wanted to figure out is uh, since we've chosen this pageant idea and, uh, you know, it's always about cutting down, you know, we've got, we'll have our big open with the parade of first ladies. And then there's going to be some that we're going to focus on because we don't all need to learn about Ida McKinley, right? At, God bless her. But maybe that's not necessarily. I don't. Right. So, uh, or maybe I do. I mean, this is part, hopefully something that we can work out this week or in our conversation. Right. That now. is the goal. But right. seeing as even the first lady's museum, Ida McKinley didn't make the cut. I think maybe we're safe not doing that. <laughs> it's well, it's possible. I I still think that uh, you know we've got to look for entertainment. Yes. Not historical accuracy. Correct. And that's that was the problem I think we walked into with the, with my first draft. And uh, going back and reviewing my notes since we talked to Michelle, because I wanted to go back and see, because I didn't even remember who I had picked um, the first time as the first ladies on which I wanted to focus. I, did, I didn't even remember. And it was not the same list as theirs. But when I looked at the list, I thought, wow, why did, why did I pick those? And, and again, I think it was because I thought historically they had some interesting nuggets to tell. But it's not necessarily what an average person would want to hear about at the theater. So obviously what the First Ladies Museum picked is they said, well, these are the ladies who are the 15 most significant First Ladies historically. And that, while that was interesting for me as a historian um, – you know, I didn't really remember, for example, that Caroline Harris in the 1890s was the first first lady to make Christmas a big deal at the White House. Now, obviously, we all associate the White House with Christmas now with their Christmas cards and, and all the stuff that they do and lighting the Christmas tree. It's where Christmas originated. Absolutely. Santa blasts out of the White House every year with his... That's right. <laughs> with his sack of bills and executive orders for all the good girls and boys. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and lumps of coal from the coal industry. Absolutely. Right. Clean coal. Clean coal. Right. So while Carolyn Harrison, I think, is important for that reason, I don't know that anybody, and I don't think that even I, for the life of me, could name uh, Mrs. Harrison's first name. Even if I thought of either of the Mrs. Harrison's, I couldn't name either. George. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> and, I'm a, and I'm a historian. Now, I do think that there are some... You'd need to have some characters that we haven't heard of that are interesting, and people go, oh, I didn't know that. But they can't all be that, right? So you have to kind of pick 
uh, carefully how, how much of that you're going to do. Right. Right. So to review, this is who the First Ladies Museum picked. Yeah. In helpful chronological order. Thank you. <laughs> Dolly Madison, mm-hmm. the first to maybe be referred to as a First Lady. Right. After she was dead. Right. Uh, Mary Todd Lincoln. Yeah. Probably because Sally Field played her in a movie. Right. Francis Cleveland. Yes. Uh, little con- got married in the White House. That was a bit of a controversy. She got married in the White House. Uh, yeah, that was the one that uh, Grover Cleveland raised her as his charge. Oh, right. And then married her. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the, that weirdo. Right. <laughs> yeah. Leave it to the the president from Cleveland or named Cleveland to be a little off. Oh, uh, yes. Then we've got Carolyn Harrison, the Christmas. First Lady, Helen Taft, the ambitious First Lady, and the Cherry Blossoms. Mm. Then you got the two E. Wilsons. Yeah. Ellen, who uh, died. Right. And Edith. Who ran the country. Right. And had meatless days and sheep. Florence Harding, active in women's issues, I think Michelle said. Eleanor Roosevelt. And then we get to the ladies that maybe more people have heard of. Jackie Kennedy, Lady Bird Johnson. Betty Ford, Hillary Clinton, Laura Bush over Barbara Bush. I was kind of surprised by that. And Michelle Obama. So that that was their picks. So if you were going with the 15 most historically significant first ladies, that was it. that's it. Right. That was it. Now, okay. I think what we need to do next, uh, I can share with you the, the first ladies that were in our original draft. Yep. And then I'll share with you what I think I would go with now. And then you can tell me... Yeah. Your average American pick. <laughs> and then we'll see how different they are and see if we can get these lists to agree because we want a top 15. I would be happy to share my average American pick for <laughs> top 15 first ladies. Did you make one? No, of course not. Well, are you just going to point it at, at a pile online as we do this? I'm, I'm, I'm going to critique your list. <laughs> Wait a what? Where's your list? Okay, Joe, whatever. All right, so... <laughs> you're, you're the historian. No, I do... I, of course, I have a few ideas, but I, I could not get to 15. I could get... Well, that doesn't surprise me. No. I mean, I can get to... After I get past seven or eight, you know, I'm good. So basically, your preparation for this episode was to just brainstorm as many as you could actually think of till you pooped out, and I, that was about it. You wanted the average American approach. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's fair. So I'm, I'm keeping it real. Well, maybe, maybe you should go first, then. No, absolutely not. I refuse. Uh, all right. <laughs> no, I have, I have a couple of other questions that I want to ask once we've got our names out. Okay. So let's talk about our... Our list. All right. So the original list. Yes. From the uh, abandoned, lost draft of First Ladies the Musical. <laughs> yes. Hidden in a box. Uh, I And interestingly enough, I only had 14. Hmm. Not 15. Because, why, uh, why 15? Did we reach a reason why there was 15? Did we... I, the reason why I picked 15 is because when you watch like Miss USA or pageants, which are always on in this house, yes, what happens? Of course. The top 15 is where they start. Uh, okay. All right. So now when we were doing the old show and it wasn't in a pageant form, 
I picked four ladies that I thought were going to be the primary first ladies I was going to focus on the most. Right. And then I picked 10 more that were going to also be around. Okay. And the four that I thought were most significant were Julia Tyler, Dolly Madison, mm. Eleanor Roosevelt, and Jackie Kennedy. And why, remind me, because obviously I've blocked this from my memory, why were those four the main characters so in the original draft? I purposefully did not choose any first lady after Jackie Kennedy because I thought, well, first of all, all the 14 first ladies I picked were all deceased then. They were all dead. And they weren't really political creatures anymore. They were purely historical people. If you threw like a Hillary Clinton in there or something like that, suddenly people got all kinds of opinions and then it didn't it it didn't feel like a historical exercise. Okay. Of course, that's what makes it all more interesting is when you've got some of these more current people in there, but maybe that was mistake number one with the whole exercise from the start. I I wanted to try and avoid that. So Jackie Kennedy was the most recent that I had, but she also was probably, you know, the glamour pick. And then Dolly Madison was like a glamour pick, but from the early era. So they kind of bookended each other. Okay. Eleanor Roosevelt, not the glamour pick. Well, I mean, I don't want to insult the lady, but no. <laughs> she I, well, I believe now in my research, and of course this is from uh, my wife telling me uh, anecdotes from the documentaries she's watched. Um, so that's my source. Uh, the, didn't, didn't Eleanor Roosevelt, wasn't Eleanor Roosevelt's mother very um, critical of the way she looked? Oh, yes, yes. She called her dowdy and, and ugly and whatever, and she was famous for that. But I picked her because she was probably the most accomplished first lady of all time. Absolutely. Right? So you've got Jackie and Dolly giving you this, like, youthful energy, glamour thing, socially, social version. And then you've got Eleanor giving you the heft. And Julia, I throw in, I threw in there. I just happened to know her story a little bit. Uh, John Tyler was uh, a very unpopular president. I'll, I'll try and give you the thirty-second version. I'm timing. He was actually vice president, and the president who he worked for was William Henry Harrison in 1840. And everybody made fun of him about how he was so old, and he was the oldest president we had ever elected until Ronald Reagan came along, and now Trump. But he held the record for over a century. And to show how not old he was, he insisted on giving his inauguration address outside in a stiff March wind without a coat, and he oh. gave the longest inauguration address ever, and then he promptly died of pneumonia about yes. six weeks later. I yeah. remember so, this. I remember this story, yeah. So John Tyler became vice president, and he was one of those dudes who was a throw-in on the ticket just to win the Southern vote, and he was basically a Southern sympathizer, and he was immediately wildly unpopular with the people who had tried to put William Henry Harrison there. Well, Julia was important because uh, she thought that her husband had deserved respect, and she was actually a young woman that he he had met. Uh, They were both on a boat that was, I think it was called the Princeton, that was touring the Potomac, and they were you know, the president was there and everybody, and they fired this big cannon just to impress everybody and it exploded at the breach. And it killed several dignitaries, including the secretary of the Navy, who was Julia's dad. Nice. 
in her yeah, in her grief and in John Tyler's grief at the death of his wife, they found each other. And even though she was decades younger and they got married. Okay. And she became a fierce defender. And when no one would give her husband the time of day, she said, doggone it. When he walks into a room, I want the Marine band to play. So he seems like more significant. And thus was born the tradition of dun, 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 hail to the chief. That was Julia's idea. Really? Yeah. So I thought that was pretty good. So those were my four. Then I had 10 more. Right. Now, of those 10, uh, several were on the First Lady's Museum list. Mary Todd Lincoln. Yep. Francis Cleveland. Yep. Helen Taft. Right. Edith Wilson. Is that the, that's the runner of the, that's the first female president, Wilson. Yes, that Wilson. Yep. Second wife. Right. Right. And then I also threw in some first ladies that I thought were interesting that did not make the cut with the first ladies museum. Martha Washington. Mm. Who I thought, how can you not have Martha Washington? Louisa Adams. Who's? Who, I'm not even going to explain why. (laughs) Fine. (laughs) That's fine. Julia Grant. Okay. Similarly, right. Not going to get into it. Grace Coolidge, who we briefly discussed in the last episode. Yeah. And then two ladies, just because I thought they were interesting types. Jane Pierce. <laughs> I mean, I really was digging deep. Yes. And the reason why I picked Jane is because she didn't want her husband Franklin Pierce in the 1850s to be president. Well, who would? When they were on their, I know. So when they were on their way to Washington, um, and she was a very religious lady, the train headed to Washington, their carriage broke away from the train and rolled down an embankment. And there was only one casualty in the whole train, and it was their only son, Benny, who was basically decapitated. Yikes. And Jane blamed Franklin for it, which is why he spent most of the presidency drunk. And she stayed up in the White House and wore black the entire time and hosted nobody and wrote maudlin letters to her dead kid. That's. I thought, now that lady's got to be in the show. (laughs) (laughs) That is not the way to start a new job. No, it's pretty dark. But I thought she and Mary Todd Lincoln could hang out. Right. I never got that far. And then Mamie Eisenhower, who basically watched a lot of soaps and was the prototypical 1950s housewife kind of thing. I thought that's a good type What we don't have. Let's have her hang out with Eleanor Roosevelt. She would watch Tiger King. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the old list. Okay. (laughs) So here's my new list. Oh, right. So this is your new list. So we've, we've. This is my current top 15. Okay. So from the old list, I would delete Louisa Adams. Okay. Deleted Julia Grant. Okay. Deleted Grace Coolidge, although I kind of like that idea, but no one's really heard of her. Uh, deleted maudlin old Jane Pierce. <laughs> yeah, a bit of a uh, tragic, but. Right. Yeah. Deleted and deleted Mamie Eisenhower. Okay. So I kept Dolly. I kept Martha, who was Martha Washington, who was not on the First Lady's Museum list. Oh, right. Yeah. I'm gonna, I kept Julia Tyler. I fought for that. I think I'm going to keep her in there. Mary Todd Lincoln, Francis Cleveland, 
Helen Tath, Edith Wilson. That's the second wife. The second. Yeah. Eleanor Roosevelt, Jackie Kennedy. You, I mean, you, how can you not have Eleanor Roosevelt? Right. So that leaves six spots left. So who's, who's our six others? Well, there. I, I chose all modern first ladies after Jackie Kennedy because we're doing a different thing now. Yes. So um, Lady Bird Johnson. Yeah. I think she sounds like a character. You could have the Southern twang thing going on. I mean, that might be fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Based in part on Michelle's description of her as a rockin' first lady. Rockin' uh, Lady Bird Johnson. Rockin' Betty Ford. I'm sorry, rockin' Betty Ford. Well, right, Betty Ford and the clinic. That was, she was actually one of my seven. You've heard of her. Oh, yeah. Well, the Betty even, Ford clinic. Yeah. Who hasn't heard even, of that? Even though Michelle reminded us, and I'd kind of forgotten about it, the Betty Ford Clinic wasn't a thing until after her first ladyship was over. Well, yes, but I'm not playing by the technical rules here that they were playing by. I'm playing by whether or not I've heard of her. Not As the average American, you are allowed to do that. Yeah. Right, and not just because of what she did or didn't do within her tenure right. as first lady. No, I Betty Ford Clinic, it was a thing. Absolutely. Yeah. So then I got four left. I feel like Nancy Reagan got a lot of material there. The yes. whole astrology thing and just say no and all that. I'd, yes. You might be able to put her in there. Yes. Barbara Bush, America's grandma. Yep. There's really no other first lady like that, and everyone loved her. Right. Hillary Rodham Clinton. Yep. Cannot go without. And I think you have to put Michelle Obama in there. There is no way I, – I will quit this project <laughs> if Michelle Obama is not in this show. All right. So That's how strongly I feel about Michelle Obama. And, and there you go. So that means I added Martha, Julia Tyler, Nancy Reagan, and Barbara Bush when the other First Ladies Museum did not. And I added them at the expense of Carolyn Harrison, Ellen Wilson – Florence Harding, and Laura Bush. I picked the other. Bush. I, I I can go with that. All right. So I mean, I've heard of I've heard of them all now, of course. But <laughs> I from a from a a point of interest uh, as an audience member and working with names that they may or may not have recognised. I don't think that the first three you mentioned of those four people are necessarily going to know much about at all. No, I don't know anything about Carolyn Harrison or Ellen Wilson or Florence Harding. No. And I have a master's in history. <laughs> I know who they are. <laughs> but yeah. Right, right. And I get why they picked them, but if you tell your audience, hey, I was the first Christmas White House first lady, people go, oh, well, uh, and we're done. <laughs> Perhaps this is the point to pivot to my question. Cause, well, first of all, I'm going to say – You've named all of the, well, eight, as it turned out, that I had penciled, uh, which was... Did, did you pencil them, Joe? Do they even exist on paper? Well, now did they do. Did you even go that far? Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I couldn't remember whether it was seven or eight. So, um, <laughs> in talking with my dear lady wife, who um, absorbs and devours documentaries on Teddy Roosevelt, well, the Roosevelts. And she she brought up the question of, of course, with Nancy Reagan, 
how much did was she involved in helping things? What, how much do we know about Ronald Reagan's um, Alzheimer's? Um, yes. Oh, I think I, I think in the the second term of the Reagan White House, I think maybe quite a bit. If even if only just helping him navigate like spontaneous statements and stuff. There's that famous little clip where they're standing together on his ranch. And he was asked something about something, and she just kind of looks at the ground and kicks the dirt and says, "We're doing the best we can under." Oh, her that's and, I remember that. That made and then it. He's, he re, he's repeated that statement, and people were like, "What is that?" And in retrospect, you go, "Hmm, yeah, yeah. maybe." Because the I remember that made it. The mics were really hot on that. Yes. Picked it up, and it made that made it on the news in the UK. I remember. Oh, yeah. that. Oh, yeah, it's yep. a big deal. So, so you've got that, you know, you've got that question as well. Yeah. And I mean, anyone, as you, you've said before, and I, and I think, um, Michelle said last time, there really wouldn't be a Bill Clinton without Hillary Clinton. You've got so much, um, support and direction from these incredibly influential and, and by default powerful women but really, the history books give their attention to their, these women's husbands because of their role. Right. Um, well, they were actually elected. These women yeah. were not. Well, that, yeah. That, I suppose there is that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they're in – but, my, you know, I guess I'm trying to drive at the idea that they were in – powerful positions but they weren't elected and i guess that's that's, that's the thing that's right. the thing but it's a my nebulous thing so my question comes down to the idea and this I, in part it gets to the idea of why we choose who we choose but it's this idea of character with a capital c yes like a, a character needs to be driven now, I know we're not necessarily talking about a plot musical. We might be talking more about a concept musical. As uh, we've talked in, in previous episodes about um, Assassins, um, which very much is a concept musical. It's not a linear timeline. Right. Um, you, you've got different characters from history, and they share a, a similar trait of all wanting to – or all – having assassinated a president mm -hmm. um you've got something like a chorus line which is, you know the premise is an audition and everyone shares a moment about their life or several moments about their life and the end of the show is you get the job or you don't get the job right and i can sense that this is and we've mentioned this in in other podcasts the previous podcasts as well that this is a similar kind of thing, at least at this point. Yes. Where we have an idea, but still there's got to be some drive from the character that yes. makes us interested in these women, uh, not necessarily just because of their, their name. Um, right. And there was something, and I'm going to... Google it and then make myself sound very um, informed. There was a thing. This is where if we had the royalty rights, we'd insert the 
Final Jeopardy theme, correct? That's right. Well, if we had the royalty rights, I'd I'd go and, you know, I'd find... We wouldn't be doing this. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, here we go. Stephen Sondheim, the king of musical theatre that we all know and love, said apparently of Love Life, a 1948 musical by Kurt Weill and Alan Lerner, that Love Life was a useful influence on my own work, but it failed because it started out with an idea rather than a character. And that is true because it's straight off the Wikipedia page on concept musicals. Right. With that idea in mind, I'm interested to know, and perhaps this is something that we figure out as we go, what is it about each of these characters distinctly that's going to drive us to get to the end of where we need to get to? Well, I think it's interesting you say that for a couple of reasons. I I think what we're doing is a combination of those two touchstone musicals that we've talked about multiple times before, right? Uh, Assassins is in part about the individual assassins, but it's also about the idea that they are all assassins. And I think we're doing a show that is about these individual first ladies, but they are all first ladies. So that just like that show said something about assassins in general, Uh, Everybody's got the right to be happy. Which is the opening musical number from Assassins. The First Ladies, same. We have things that we know we want to say about them, that they are frequently in the shadow of their husbands, that they've had to, you know, push down their own ambitions, that they hold a nebulous office and yet they're in the public's face. So I think we're definitely doing that. Right. But I think also we're very much in the realm of a chorus line, we're going to get to know each of them and we're going to get to, and they're all disparate and different. And yet we're going to get to know each of them in the midst of an artificial construct for that show. It was an audition for this show. It's a pageant, right? So I think we're doing a combination of those two things, but agreed, um, definitely need to get into them as, as characters. Now, as I was digging up, my notes from the my original list i found i did a lot of homework on this <laughs> i'm glad one of us did <laughs> i mean not now like 10 years ago i uncovered a uh, document i created for my original list of first ladies where i listed for each of them what i thought was their wants which means the action they were trying to accomplish. For each of them, I listed a motivation, what it, what it was that I thought motivated them. For each of them, I listed a conflict, external or internal, that they were dealing with. I listed Bravo. their general qualities. I listed their emotions I associate most with them. And I listed their historical actions, which we've just talked about. I've got all of that for all of those 14 ladies. Now, I don't have it, but I could easily add it for the... For the editions. For the six editions. Yeah. But uh, that document exists, and I can uh, reproduce it and maybe share it with you. And then we can see how that 
influences what we do. Because if in the opening we've got this parade of first ladies, that's where we will see Carolyn Harrison dressed as a Christmas tree. Yeah. And then we're done with her. Right. <laughs> right. So we'll do all of that. Or Edith Wilson as Little Bo Peep. Yes. But then what? Then we're going to have the cut down. And then we're going to have some things that they're going to have to do. And at one point, uh, one of those things is going to be famously, right, the interview. And that we may save for like the top five, perhaps. So maybe there's five of them that are that are most interesting that are going to get that treatment the most. And the rest of them that we think are not as essential as the other top five uh, – will get cut sooner. Right. They have enough that's interesting that will get that out of them in some other form. And they all come back for the big closing number. And then they're all there for the big closing number. Yeah. So I I think we can definitely do that. And I have enough material that we can throw that in into the writing process. So I think it begs the question, uh, we've got our top 15. And so do you agree with the 15 that we have? Like, are you good with that list? In the absence of knowing any better. Outstanding. Yes. <laughs> so the the question then within it then is, you know, who is that significant top five? And there I think you can put in some of the ladies that we think are either most famous or represent a certain type. And when and to cheat, when I wrote that uh, last eight pages, I kind of saw it coming down to a climactic battle between what I thought were maybe what would be the two most diametrically opposed women in that list. And for me... These, these are the last eight pages that we have not yet shared with anyone. Correct. But was the source of your epiphany and the result of your epiphany the other morning, you waking That's up right. at 4 a.m. and writing Wrote the last show bit. of... Uh, the writing the last scene of the show. Yeah, and it's not done, and we're going to work more on it, but right. I think that... Uh, well, even if we didn't talk about it in that way, I mean, just looking at these 15 first ladies, who are the most diametrically opposed? For me, I think Hillary's got to be one of them. Yes. Well, she's she's diametrically opposing character. Yes. And to absolutely. A, for a lot of people, she's a lightning rod. And she's super competitive and ambitious, so I think she would claw her way to the final two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even if, if we left her out, she'd find her way in. Yeah, she might Nancy Kerrigan a couple of them on her way. <laughs> But she'll be there by God. So I think <laughs> well, maybe maybe that's what we do. Maybe we leave her out and then some have her just keep coming back. <laughs> yeah, she just Ushering. she keeps finding and she just pulls on her own stool from the side of the stage, and all of a sudden someone else has got you know a, a bad ankle and yeah. Hey Helen Taft, there's a telegram for you, and she never comes back. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Hillary is one of the bottom, one of the top two, and I think the other one, top two or top five, top two, top two. Oh, top two. You start with that. Okay. And I think the other one, who who would you say from that list? Because I know who I picked. Can you even remember them? (laughs) Yeah. No, I was I was writing and taking notes as you were talking. Now that my notes don't make any sense to me, but uh, yeah. Um, I picked Dolly Madison. Yeah, yeah, I remember in your in that script for the last scene that you shared with me, you had Hillary and Dolly kind of going at it. Hillary's not the last of the modern first ladies, but is certainly you know a preeminent modern first lady. Dolly is not the first of all the first ladies, but she is the first to really 
be considered a true first lady. They're of different eras. They're of different styles. Dolly led through social events. Hillary tried to lead through policy. I think they both were fiercely political, and I think that would just be very exciting. So that's the top two in my view. Yeah. Then uh, here's maybe where you can weigh in. Like who would you want to see as the other three in the top five that we would get to know better? Um, Michelle, most time with Michelle. (laughs) Oh, of course you've got to have Michelle Obama. Why? Why? I mean, you can't escape the fact that with America, with its history, she is the first African American first lady. Absolutely, it's a it's it's a diversity question. Who would be? uh, You you can pick two more. I can pick that you want to really, yeah, that you really want to get to know or see more. Well, I. See, because I think I would say, well, maybe Eleanor Roosevelt would be one of those. But is she is she a little like too like Hillary Clinton though? That's exactly what I was going to say. So yeah. as characters, then I'd say no, and I'd also say, well, gee, Jackie Kennedy, right? Right. But that's very Dolly Madison ish. I kind of like Betty Ford. That that could be <laughs> could be fun to keep Betty around. That's. Uh, four. We got Hillary, and, Michelle, Betty, and Dolly, and then and then Wilson. One, Edith. Will, well, I mean, she's got the argument. If she's if if she can keep that argument going, that she actually that she was actually president. Yeah, I could see Hillary with a line in the script going, "Enough about that." <laughs> <laughs> You know, I'm I'm so over it. Well, maybe maybe somehow Edith Wilson is Hillary's um, nemesis. <laughs> All right, then I think that's pretty good. So your top two are Hillary and Dolly. Yeah, and rounding out your top five, you got Edith Wilson, Betty Ford, and Michelle Obama. <laughs> Bring it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I love it. So then who's your bottom five of the top 15, the ones you'd like to spend the least time with? How about maybe Francis Cleveland? Yeah, Cleveland, uh, Tuft. Uh, I know you wanted to keep Julia Tyler in the top 15, but I think that's about as high as she gets. <laughs> I, You know, I love how we're trying to do this enlightened musical about women, and we're just ranking them cold. Well, I could do it about presidents if you'd rather do that. <laughs> That's a whole nother series. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going we're going backwards chronologically in that one. <laughs> uh, so then maybe maybe um I don't know, uh Nancy Reagan and Barbara Bush or maybe Mary Todd Lincoln's just a little too unhinged and we got to get her out of there faster. That sounds about right. <laughs> so Mary Todd and I'd say, how about Barbara Bush? Because she's a lot like Martha Washington. Yes. Okay. Okay. So that would be, so your bottom five is Barbara, Mary Todd, Francis, Helen, and Julia. That means making it into the top 10, but not to the final five. Lady Bird Johnson. Boy, we've kept Jackie Kennedy out of the top five. Should be, a, should be our controversial cut at six. Yeah, well, maybe that's that's who uh, Hillary stabs in the back. <laughs> Eleanor at eight, Martha Washington at seven. Boy, we're cutting some heavy hitters here. Well, yeah, but, you know, we're talking about the top five of 40. All time. How many? 45? Yeah, something like that. Some of them had, well, no, some of them had, had two time. wives, right? So Yeah, and 
James Buchanan had none. God bless. Okay, him. yeah. All right. Then I, I, I'm not going to count. But yes, so. So we got, I think that's our top 15. Okay. Martha, Dolly, Julia, Mary Todd, and Francis. Helen, Edith, Eleanor, Jackie, and Lady Bird. Betty, Nancy, Barbara, Hillary, and Michelle. What a powerhouse. That has a pr- pretty compelling list and variety. You've got some people in there that people don't really know, like Edith Wilson. But you got a lot of people that you would expect to be in a first lady's pageant. Yes. Going back all the way to Martha Washington and all the way up to Michelle Obama. So I think that's it's pretty good. That is quite a list. So I guess Melania is not in the top 15 then. Who? <laughs> She's the only one who's actually done pageants. Is that, is that right? Ah, uh, well. I think she's done more than pageants, Steve. <laughs> well, and so we've reached the end of our episode. <laughs> we have. For today. It, appropriately timed. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So I guess then, I guess our next episode then should be, uh, we should flesh out our story arc and themes of exactly what these 15 ladies are going to go through. And then we know uh, what this is and we just have to start writing it. I really think we should do that. And by we, I mean, you should do the bulk of the work and (laughs) I make, I make witty one line comments and contribute nothing else. Your day is coming, Joe. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> I'm just I'm just putting it off as long as possible. Um, I, yeah, I think I think now it's a question of figuring Story. out. Yeah, the the synopsis, the summary of what happens. Um, perhaps getting into how many scenes might yes. occur. Perhaps even talking in as much detail as figuring out where songs might fit. Mm, okay. Because I would like as as the. As the musical contributor to this project, I would love a sense of that so we can start idea. to think about the pacing of songs, how music is going to come out of the idea. Well, then let's assign ourselves the following homework. Okay. Uh, I will put myself to work brainstorming a possible synopsis of where I think it goes in terms of how this pageant of first ladies plays out and the cut downs and all that and you regardless of whether you know the story arc or not why don't you brainstorm what kinds of songs you think you might want to write okay and in terms of what you think we need to say we need to have a song about x we need to have a song about y got it and then also since we're doing a historical show, I think maybe you need to brainstorm what kinds of musical styles need to appear a little bit. Why don't you think about that some? I will think about that. I have actually kicked that around a little, and I don't want to get too literal with mm-hmm. with that necessarily. I don't, right. you know, don't think Martha Washington needs to be singing. Uh, pastiche, uh, pre yeah. pre classical tunes, and um, you know Hillary Clinton uh, needs to be doing Destiny's Child numbers. Right. Um, <laughs> so I, you know, I don't necessarily think we we need to get as literal, 
But, and, and I'm also thinking, of course, Hamilton managed to do this whole thing. Um, Purely there. originally. Oh, absolutely. So I think, I think there has to be a musical unity. A sound. A sound yes. for the show. I agree. Um, that is going to be that is going to be all you. I can tell you that's where I will offer pithy, <laughs> like it or don't. <laughs> Let's do it. All right. All right. Well, with I think we accomplished quite a bit. Outstanding. Excellent. Excellent. Well, on that note, let's really wrap this thing up. Okay, sir. All right. My name's Joe. And I am Steve. And you have been listening to... Two Fools Trying to Make a Musical. Join us for more foolishness at twofoolstrying.com. Like us on Facebook and follow at Two Fools Trying on Instagram and Twitter.